Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Second error in verse 12, we don't want to be guilty of comparing ourselves to one another. Everybody here can find somebody that's not doing as well as you, and so you don't have to change. We don't want to compare ourselves with others and lower the bar far enough down that we don't have to do anything. We want to compare ourselves to Christ. That way we're always continuing to be a work in progress. And last, we don't want to make the error of commending ourselves, congratulating ourselves. Wait till you get to heaven for all of that. We don't want to commend ourselves. We want to live in such a way that our life is commendable before the Lord. Don't compare yourself to others. In today's message from Pastor Bill, he reveals to you the danger in comparing yourself to others. Not only does comparison often make you feel bad about yourself, but it also can lower the bar in your walk with the Lord. Pastor Bill encourages you to stay focused on Jesus Christ. Let Him be your aim. Try to live and model after His character. Work on having a heart that diligently seeks after Him. When you're focused on the Lord, it's hard to focus on people around you. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 as he continues his message, Errors in Judgment. So comparing ourselves to, our, to one another is always going to be an error. That's the second error in judgment that the Corinthians were making. Look at verse 13 now. He says, we, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the spear which God appointed us, a spear which especially includes you. For we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you. For it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ. And so another accusation against Paul was that he was he should have mind his own business. Why are you bothering with us? And Paul said, hold on. He says, you know, we're not boasting beyond measure, but we're within the limits and the sphere of, of what God has appointed to us. He said a sphere which especially includes you. This is why. Paul had been responsible for beginning the church in Corinth and leading the people there to the Lord. And so he said, I'm responsible. I have a spiritual obligation to see about you guys and to hear how things are going and to minister to you. I owe you this. It's my obligation to you. And in verse 14, he says, we're not overextending. I'm not reaching beyond what I'm supposed to do and coming to you guys. He says, as though our authority did not extend to you, for it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ in the first place. So here's the thing here. There are people in our lives by God's divine design that God says they, they, they have a right to. They, they have to be in your life. Parents, they got to be speaking, right? When parents fail to speak up in their kid's life, that's a failure in parenting. You can't be your kid's friend. They have friends at school. They need you to be a parent. They need you to look and say, hey, don't do that, son. Hey, daughter, that's a bad habit to get going in your life. They need you to speak. They need you to give correction. They need you to be involved in that way. They can, they can have a friend later. Let them grow up and be your friend. But right now they need a mom and a dad to give them guidance and direction. They need that. You owe that to them. They're under your sphere of influence for this period of time for that reason. Same is true for those of us that are in spiritual leadership, right? You owe it to people to tell them the truth about what's going on. I can't just tell people. I can't look at someone that's in sin. That's not, that they're not going to make it to heaven and what they're doing and say, it's all right. No, it's not. I can't lie to you. I can't do that. I can't tell you. You can't. I got to tell you the difficult things. And sometimes when you do that, people make decisions. People decide, I don't like what you said. And I'm leaving. OK. Some people will receive it. Some people think about it. Some people leave and come back and say, oh, you was right. A number of different responses. But I owe it to you. I owe it to someone that comes and I'm aware of something to say something. Because I know what the Bible says. That's why I'm here. I owe you that. And so 
We want to be careful because we live in a culture right now in a time where spiritual leadership, it, it's, it's a lot of different things. They're just broken. Things are not the way God wants them to be. Parenting is getting broken down. Where parents are like, well, I don't want to, I want my kids to, you know, I don't want to tell them to run, but I want to be my friends. Uh, when I did high school ministry, one of the things I hated to hear parents say, well, you know, I let them do it in my house because I don't want them doing out there in the streets. Stupid. That's so dumb. That's, it's so dumb. I'm condoning your sin under my roof as though you're not going to go do it out there too. You know, like, like you only going to do it here. Well, I just want them to do it under my, under your covering. Under, that's, that's a better situation. That's not, that's not good parenting. You should tell them, no, you can't do that. You can't do that here. And let them make the decisions they're going to make, but you can't bend the rules for that. You can't say, well, I don't want you to leave. I want you to be mad at me. You know, I, I hope that's helped. That, that's, you can't parent that way. That's not the will of God. God's will is that you, you put a foot down. Son, daughter, you know, I brought you into this world. Take you out. <laughs> not really, not really. But, you know, I owe you, I owe you, I owe you that much. You know, you're not going to do it in my house. You know, I'm going I'm to hold a standard here while you're with me. And so, but some of that stuff filters over to the church where there are churches where they won't say what people don't want to hear. There are pastors and churches that people don't want to hear about hell. So we won't talk about it like it don't exist. There's a pastor that says, I don't really like to preach on the cross because it's too gory and bloody for Sunday mornings. People don't want to hear that. People want an encouraging word. They want to hear an encouraging word. That's bogus. Everybody don't need to hear an encouraging word every week. If somebody out there living ranched and ratchet and tore up and they come in, you don't need to be encouraged. You need to be convicted. You need to be aware. You need to hear a message that says, I need to stop. I need to make a U-turn. I'm in trouble with God. I can't come and encourage you. Yeah, you go back out there and do it some more. Yeah, you'd be in hell hating me. You know, that's what would happen. I, I, we have to do better than that. Amen? So, so too, those of us that are people that are in our sphere, Paul is talking about his sphere of influence and responsibility, which, which included the church. Everybody here has some sphere of influence. You got family members, you got friends, you got people that are in your sphere where God would say, have they heard it from you? You know, have you, have you, some people are more comfortable to say about someone to someone else but not to them directly. That's not helpful, right? If, I, if there's something with Dre that I see and I have a conversation with Jeffrey, Dre doesn't get helped, doesn't benefit Dre at all. I got to go to Dre and say, hey, bro, one-on-one, let me talk to you. And I got to tell him in order for him to benefit from it. You know, that's, that's a, it's more difficult to do, but it's more fruitful uh, if it's received. And so that's what God has called us to. We want to be careful and mindful that, you know, we are responsible, that we respond well to those that would take the time to share with us, but also we'd be responsible to speak to other people. I've been thankful over the course of my life uh, for the people that were willing to speak truth into my life, people that were willing to even corrective truth. There was a time in my life when um, I was I was probably too busy doing too many things. And I remember I had someone pull me aside older guy and he said oh you know asked me about my family and my wife and I think my wife was pregnant with Billy and he said also you, you, you're what are you doing during the week and I said oh, I'm in Bible college these nights of the week and then I go to midweek and then I go to this thing and I remember him saying this to me he says you know that you can be out so many nights a week learning how to be a man of God but you're never home to be one and I was like hmm I mean it, it, it was one of the things where it stung me good and uh he challenged me he said you should go home and and discuss with your wife, you know, your schedule and, and, and go over that with her, you know, and, and make sure that, you know, you're, you got priority. Make sure that you're balanced. And I appreciate that. I mean, he, he stuck his nose in my business, but in a good way. And then for him, 
he shared with me that he, he was a, he had a failed marriage. He said, you know what? I, I failed in my marriage and in my parenting and I'm suffering because of it now. So because I messed up, I'm just trying to, throw, I'm, you know, I, I see you a young guy. I, I don't want to see you do what I did. I thank God that he didn't just look at me and say, he look like you're doing what I did and just let me go on. <laughs> but that he said, hey, bro, let me talk to you for me. He pulled me aside lovingly. It was just me and him one on one. And he said some things. And they were true things and they were beneficial things and they helped me. They've helped me for years. I thank God for people like that. God's called us to do that for each other, that we would that our motive in going to people would always be to help them. And if you see something that you want to speak to our brothers, speak to our sisters and hopefully they receive it. You don't have that guarantee. You know, some people will. Some people won't. Some people will take it well. Some people, you know, they won't be your friend no more. Is that your is that yours to deal with? That's not really your business to work out rather they receive it or not. Now. If you're writing notes, write down Hebrews 13, verse 17. I will say this one just because, you know, there'll be times where leadership in the church will speak correction or give us things and we need to receive it well. And says this in Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that would be unprofitable for you. Those that are in a spiritual place of authority, let them do so with joy, not with grief. Don't be grieving those that are looking out for your soul. I got people in my life that are spiritual authorities. I know they love the Lord. I know that they love me. And I want to be, I want them to, I want, I want the relationship to be mutually blessed. And I have those that are over me that sometimes have told me things I didn't want to hear. Told me not to do things I wanted to do. Told me to do things I didn't really feel like doing. But it's always benefited me to be submissive to those that God has placed over me. They ain't asking me to sin. They're not asking me to do stuff that's outside the will of God. It behooves me. If for nothing else at times it benefited me just to humble myself and obey. Sometimes that was the benefit. God was like, you know what? You just needed to humble yourself today. And that's what you needed. So I had them tell you that. And because I look at it, I'm like, I humbled myself. I did what they said. And I don't see anything that came out of it other than that I humbled myself. Maybe that's all that God wanted to accomplish. Be careful that you have that kind of relation with those. Because if you can receive from those that speak into your life, you benefit from them. You know, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're resistant and argumentative or whatever, you don't grow. You don't benefit. And Again, I got different. I got different types of people. I got some guys that are real tender and loving with me, and they say things all nice and flowery. Pastor Tony, who I really appreciate, uh, he's out in Virginia Beach. He don't really have time for that. You know, he's an ex-marine. He really much. He's very much a straight shooter. I get on the phone with him, and he'll tell me before he starts. He 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 always starts off with this: "Man, put on your big boy pants," and <laughs> he just go bam, 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 and you hear it all, and you're like, "All right." Thanks, bro. And then he's like, well, call me back Monday. I want you to do all the stuff. Call me back Monday. Let me know you did everything you said. And, and all right, God bless you. And that's it. But you know what? I thank God for him. It always be true. He haven't told me nothing yet that I'm like, that wasn't right. It's always be from the Lord. Always. It just comes across. Bam, 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 bam. Now take that and, and do what God said, dude. God bless you. You know, but it's good for me. I, I need those people in my life. So do you. And as God puts them in your life, don't you run them off by, you know, not wanting to obey or submit. So look at verse 15 now. It says, not boasting of things beyond measure, that is in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. And Paul is saying, look, Paul is ministering to the people where he planted, where he, he established these churches. He established these fellowships. 
He says, we're not we're not boasting beyond measure or in other men's labors. We led you guys to the Lord. We're responsible for what God is doing here. And that's why he's involved in the way that he is. Verse 16, he said to preach the gospel in that region. I'm sorry, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's fear of accomplishment. Paul said, we preach the gospel to you guys and we're looking forward to going beyond you guys and preaching the gospel. Paul was not a guy to move into town and start, you know, uh, taking from other people's churches. You know, there were people that were going to the people Paul ministered to trying to win disciples to themselves. Um, but Paul said, look, when I went to a place, I'm, I want to start from scratch. I, I, I led new people to the Lord. And when we're done here, I'm looking to go beyond here to new areas and lead people to the Lord. Paul said when he got ready to leave Ephesus, one of the things that grieved him in, in, his, in his departure in Acts, he said, I knew that when I leave, he said, I know ravenous wolves are going to come in not sparing the flock. And he says, and there are going to be people that raise up from among you guys, seeking to draw away disciples after themselves. There are always going to be people that are going after God's flock for different reasons, want something from them. There are people that come up from within and they want to bring disciples, not to Christ. They want people to come to them. Come follow me, right? That's never the way it's supposed to look. People are supposed to follow the Lord and leadership points people to the Lord. Paul says, that's what's going to happen. There are going to be ravenous wolves that come in. It happens today. You, as, you, you pastor a church, there are nonstop people coming and people writing letters, people coming with proposals. Hey, let me bring this to the body. Hey, let me go before the church and sell this. Hey, let me get your whole church together and we'll put them on this plan and, and, and they can all make some money and then you can get a kickback. And da, 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 you know, basically they're saying, pastor, sell me your people. And you'll be amazed how many churches you go in. They've got a special financial meeting. You guys come and somebody's coming up and they're going to talk you into, you know, committing so much money to something. And the pastor gets a, a percentage of everybody that does it. And they did that at, I won't name his name now. He's gone. But they did that at one guy's church and they got millions from the church. And then the guy, they found out after the guy left that he was a fraud. Mm-hmm. Now, the pastor still got his kickback. He didn't give it back. But all the people in the church were like, they out people that broken over their CDs, their retirement funds, gone, gone. That's not the business here. We're supposed to be just giving people the word and ministering. That's not, this can't become that. But people want access to God's kids, sometimes for financial reasons. Other times, they're cults and other groups that they just want to steal from God's sheep. We've had people come into Calvary Chapel Inglewood with some false doctrine and they came in and made friends and acted like they were cool. And then we find out later on they're grabbing people one on one and teaching them wrong stuff. And I started getting all these weird questions. They all sound <laughs> the same. I, one, but, hey, bro, what is it? What is it? Oh, that's a weird question. All right. Give me an answer to it. And somebody else come with the same weird question. I'm like, where are all these weird questions coming from at the same time? And I found out all directed back to this one brother. I said, this this guy, I took him right up the hill to to, uh, to simply wholesome, and I beat him to a pulp. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do that. I did that. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I almost did it, but I didn't. Now we talked, and I just, I just, I told him, I said, you know, you, you you're not gonna be able to come back here. You know, you can come sit, but he was like, no, I'm. That's called this. God's called me to this ministry, and God. I said, then Pastor Clint said it best. He said. The ministry God calls you to, it starts at the sidewalk. It started right there, but you can't come up in here with that mess no more. So, you know, God bless him. Now he's doing it on Facebook. So moving on, look at verse 16. Um, He said, I'm sorry, verse 17. He says, but he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. And Paul said this for a reason. Um, There is always a, a, 
a challenge for people. To, people glory in themselves. They glory in what they accomplish. They glory in what they do well. Paul says, let, let him who glories glory in this. Glory in the Lord. Right? Let that be where the glory comes from. I got to say this because part of the one of the false doctrines that's you know just spun out to our youth today is the whole idea that you know you need to love yourself. And kids are told you got to love yourself. Everything is if you love yourself, then you can do this and then you can do that. And you know, I don't know if you guys know, but that's not a biblical thought. Y'all know that y'all don't got to love yourself. The Bible says you already love yourself. And every time the Bible talks about it, the Bible says, look, love others. Love your brother the way you love who? Yourself. How the Bible just assuming I love? What if I hate myself? No, you don't. Everybody here, you love yourself. <laughs> Even people like I used to work at a, a teen group home and you had kids that were doing self-destructive behaviors and you thought they hate themselves. That's what they're cutting. No, no, no. They love themselves. They love themselves so much that if I got to cut myself and bleed to get your attention, <laughs> then I'll do it because I love me. And, and it would always, you look at it and think, no, they don't love, no, they love themselves. They love themselves too much. We want to love the Lord. We want to love, God tells husbands two things. Love your wife like Christ loved the church, gave himself for it. Then he tells husbands this, same chapter, Ephesians 5, love your wife like you love yourself. Why? Because God knows us men, we love ourselves. He said, boy, if you would think about her the way you think about you, your wife would be blown away. She'd be like, well, be so thoughtful because you think about you naturally. Think about her the way you think about you. Love her the way you love you, and she'll be a loved-up woman. She'll be, oh, my husband, love me. Boy, that's, that's Bible, right? God didn't say, husband, love yourself first so then you can love your wife. No, no, you already love your... Take some of what you do for yourself and do it for her. You already love yourself extra. And so we don't need, to, we don't need any help in that arena. But here it says, you know, don't glory. Let, don't, let a man glory. Glory in something. Glory in the Lord. And I want to read you the section of scripture it came from. That's an excerpt from... Uh, Jeremiah 9 and I want, I want to read Jeremiah 9 verses 23 and 24 to us Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 23 and 24 says thus says the Lord let not the wise man glory in his wisdom let not the mighty man glory in his might nor let the rich man glory in his riches but let him who glories glory in this that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. God says, look, you wanna, don't, don't glory in your riches. Don't glory in your wisdom. Don't glory in your might. Glory that be, this is what you can glory in, that you know me and that you're known by me. That should be the thing that we're, we're proud of something. It should be that. And so moving on back to, back to uh, 2 Corinthians 10, the last verse, verse 18 this is the third error in judgment. The first one was that they judged things by outward appearance. The second error in judgment was that they compared themselves to others. And the third error in judgment in verse 18, for not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. The third error was in commending themselves. They were they were they would commend themselves. I'm doing good. I'm doing a good job. I'm in a great place. You know, looking at myself, judging myself, God says, don't, don't do that. He says, not he who commends himself is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. And I want to read you something out of Luke. So if you're, you could turn here with me. Turn to Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. And we got two men that come before the Lord in prayer, one commending himself heavily. And we'll look at it. Uh, Luke chapter 18, starting at verse 9. It says this, and he spoke this in a parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. 
Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. That's the first thing you know is wrong. He says he prayed thus with himself. Supposed to be praying to God. He's talking to himself. Um, He said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I want you to think about the arrogance. Me going to, you know, we got our prayer meeting Saturday. Imagine me standing here in prayer next to Clint and praying out loud. God, I thank you that I'm not like Clint. (laughs) Just how rude would that be? How arrogant would that be? How disrespectful? That would be wrong. God, I thank you. That I'm not like, and I start naming stuff about him, you know. Uh, I mean, you got this tax collector there next to him. He's out. God, I just thank you that I'm not like him. This man, so full of himself that he's even coming before the Lord with that. Now, um, let me finish. So he he prayed thus with himself. Thank God I'm not like this, you know, tax collector uh, next to me. Verse 12 says, he starts telling God all that he does. He says, I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus said, this tax collector, this guy, he couldn't even look up to heaven. He just beat his chest and said, God, please be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. I know I messed up. God said, he walked away justified. I heard that prayer. I'll take, I'll take that all day. You, you be broken before the Lord, humble before the Lord, recognizing your weakness and flaws before the Lord. God will take that all day and work with you. But we can't come before the Lord cocky and arrogant, commending ourselves. God, I thank you that I'm not like that dude over there. I, I, Lord, I do this. I, I read every day. I pray every day. I give my money. I do this. I do that. God ain't trying to hear that. But that's what the Corinthians were doing. That's when he said, Paul said, look, for not he who commends himself is, a point, is approved, but whom the Lord commends. Ultimately, I want God to commend my life. I can't tell God how great I am. I, want, I need God to tell me. I can't tell God, God, I'm well, I'm doing well. I'm a, I'm a good and faithful servant. I need God to tell me, well done, good and faithful servant, right? We're not to commend ourselves. We're to let the Lord do the commending. And so the three errors in judgment, the three ways that the Corinthians got off that we can learn from. One, we don't want to make the error of judging according to outward appearance. And so how do we refrain from doing that? That we, 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 one, we, we need to pray. We need discernment. We need to look beyond what's on the surface many times to what's happening in character. If they had looked at what Paul was doing, not just what he said, not look just on the surface that he said some difficult things, but look at his whole, look how much he's sacrificing to minister to you. They, they may not have come to the same conclusions. Second error in verse 12, we don't want to be guilty of comparing ourselves to one another. Everybody here can find somebody that's not doing as well as you. And so you don't have to change. We don't want to compare ourselves with others and lower the bar far enough down that we don't have to do anything. We want to compare ourselves to Christ. That way we're always continuing to be a work in progress. And last, we don't want to make the error of commending ourselves, congratulating ourselves. Wait till you get to heaven for all of that. We don't want to commend ourselves. We want to live in such a way that our life is commendable before the Lord. Amen. And so hopefully we can take from their errors and learn from them and do better. Uh, that's that would be the goal. I, I never we never want to highlight a, a study of someone else's errors so we can look down upon them. But these things are for our teaching. God says we're, we're like we're just like them. And maybe some of these same things we're guilty of. And so 
where, where the boot fits. May we repent. May we change. Maybe you need to be humble to those that are speaking correction to your life. Maybe you're a parent. You need to be careful how you use your authority in someone else's life. Maybe you need to not be so quick to judge people by what you see on the surface. As the Spirit speaks to you, may we take this message and apply it to our lives. Thanks for joining us here on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. This letter was written by Paul to the Corinthians sometime after he had lived in Corinth. He had an intimate knowledge of the church there. So Paul felt led to write another letter to these people, expressing some personal things that he learned on his journey and in his ministry. It would seem that some in the Corinthian church criticized Paul's leadership, and so he found it necessary to defend himself to this church. Communicating this type of message is something that's beneficial at times when you feel misunderstood or misrepresented. Any one of us can face those situations at times too, and so discussing it with the other party is useful. We're so glad you tuned into A Transforming Word, and we'd love to meet you. If you're in the Inglewood area, come join us this weekend for church. We meet at Calvary Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday, and you can get more information on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. You can always call or text us, too, for more information, 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. That's all we have time for today. Join us next time for another edition of A Transforming Word.